feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Other than Tommy Burns, Neil Lennon's the one guy at Celtic who made me know what it meant to play for Celtic. And see these guys you're shouting for. You're looking for a guy that's won leagues that loves Celtic. You've got him there. There's no other manager out there that wants to win 10 in a row more than Neil Lennon. Barry Ferguson, it could have been six or seven goals. Yeah, it was a great watch again. They've continued the great form after the, the international break and I really enjoyed it. I think Aberdeen got away with just losing four goals. Four goals. The Football show with Rob McLean, Stephen Cragen, and Chris Burke. With OPC Energy Limited, the renewable energy specialists. Call 08 08 17 17 700. Is it time to press the panic button with Celtic trailing Rangers by 11 Premiership points? Or should it be keep the faith in Neil Lennon with the defending champions only five points off the pace if they win their two games in hand? And Celtic do still have 25 league matches still to play. They're also in European action on Thursday night against Sparta Prague, whose women's team will face Glasgow City after today's draw for the Champions League last 32. And back in the men's Europe, League, it's Rangers against Benfica at Ibrox on Thursday after that Celtic game in the Czech Republic. Tonight, Hibs can go third in the Premiership with a win or a draw at home to St Johnston. Aberdeen, though, could bounce back into that third spot if they win at Hamilton tomorrow. Just some of the football coming our way uh, immediately tonight and in the next few days as well. That phone number, uh, you too can be part of the Go Radio Football show with OPC Energy Limited 0808 17 17 700. Give us a call. Uh, what's on your mind? Get it off your chest, uh, both at the same time. You can text GO in your message to 87474 on the socials. It's at GO Football Show. Uh, Rob McLean here. Guests later. John Hughes joining us in about 15 minutes or so. Former Celtic defender, former Hibs manager, among other lines on his CV. And Stephen Presley will be joining us back of six, played for both Rangers and Celtic. His thoughts coming up on the title race and all that talk about the Celtic manager's position at the moment. So it's Rob McLean here, Stephen Cragen with me in the studio. Uh, Chris Burke, the Kilmarnock winger, is here as well. And uh, with so much going on and so much to talk about in Scottish football, Chris, there's only one way we can start. What about that goal against Ross County in stoppage time at Rugby Park at the weekend? As I said, that's what happens when you just close your eyes in the box and hit it as hard as you can. (laughs) (laughs) Craig, you were commentating at the time. I was. It was a thing of beauty, I've got to say. He scored a wonderful goal up at uh, at the Global Energy Stadium earlier in the season as well. So uh, I I was slightly disappointed he only got, what, five... 
what did you get, five or ten minutes? Yeah, well, I think I only got six minutes six for stoppage minutes. time. So. Which, to be fair, is not a bad introduction. If you can do that every six minutes, Rob, then I would imagine you'll be starting next That's week. That's all you need, isn't it, really, to make an impact? Well, that's what I said to the boys. I said, you don't need me for the start of the game now. <laughs> I only need to keep myself fit for six minutes, so maybe my career will last a little bit longer. <laughs> you'll be looking out for that result tonight, Chris, because uh, although Hibs will be looking to go back into third spot, if St Johnston win, and they are eight games unbeaten now, uh, if they can win, they would go above not just yourselves, but but Motherwell as well. It's pretty tight in that middle area in the league, isn't it? It is tight. Um, and we played St Johnson um, the, the time before we played this Ross County there, and they were excellent against us. They thoroughly deserved the win. Um, even though it was just 1 0, it was a tight game, but I think they, they deserved the three points. Uh, they, they were very, very, very well structured. I think the managers got them structured uh, very well in the sense that they play three at the back. Uh, sometimes they play a 3 4. Yeah, I think they played a 3-4-1-2 against us and they, they, they worked it really well and we struggled to create a lot of chances against them. The only time we created chances was against it was set plays. So, yeah, we're actually looking at maybe St Johnson more than Hibs at this moment in time because if St Johnson gets something, if they win the game, then they go fifth and it drop, takes us out, out um, the top six. Some Kilmarnock result that, bearing in mind they were minus Stuart Findlay from eight minutes yeah. in. Yeah, it's one of those games, Rob, where if you'd want one team, if you were a manager of one team, to play against 10 men and sit deep and have a real structure it would be Kilmarnock because even under Steve Clark if you remember you know particularly the season he finished third they'd done that quite a lot they dropped into two banks of four they left two strikers up the pit sorry the two strikers in Green dropped into their own half they were solid they slid across they worked hard they didn't get overloaded in midfield because of so many bodies around the ball they then had the counter attacking threat and they had the pace to get forward so with Pinnock on one side uh, and, and McKenzie on the other side they carried a threat you know, so as much as you can defend and defend, you have to then put some sort of emphasis on attack at some stage. And they probably could have scored a few more goals. So, you know, when whenever Stuart Kettlewell, you know, probably looked at the game and thinking, you know, they're down to ten men, they then score within five minutes. It just changes the mindset completely. You know, they can go even deeper again. It suits Kilmarnock to play that way at times. So, um, yeah. Listen, it was a great all-round performance. I've got to say, how they done it with 10 men. Could have scored more goals, of course. You know, gave up a few opportunities, but a huge three points. You mentioned Mitch Pinnock there. I mean, he, it's its not a name, I guess, that, that many of us knew not so very long ago. But he seems to be an, an emerging force um, for Kilmarnock. His delivery from, from wide left looks looks pretty impressive, Chris. Yeah, as Stephen said, obviously they added pace to the team with me dropping out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say that, Chris, but yeah. Uh, but no, no, um, he's done excellent. I think the two boys done excellent. Obviously they got their chance in the Betfred Cup matches and they impressed very, very well. You know, Rory with a couple of assists, uh, Mitch scoring as well. So they deserved their chance to start the match against Ross County and they, they took it. So I'll probably see myself sitting on the bench again. But touching on the part where they said that, you know, Stephen said that um, the the worst team to play against is against Kilmarnock you know with the 10 men sitting in you know that that that, that doesn't come just with luck that comes with practice on the pitch and I think the manager needs to he takes a lot of credit from that because we work a lot at underloads you know we work another team having an extra player on on on, uh, on, the, on the training pitch you know whether it's a 6v5 or a 7v6 and then when you get that repetition on the training field, you know, sometimes it happens. The three times we've actually had um, men sent off and we've got six points out of the nine and actually we're unlucky not to get, you know, the nine points with St. Johnson beating us, you know, just late on at 2-1, having us beat, we beat Hamilton at home with 10 men for a large amount mm. of time at spell um, in the match. So it, it comes from the training field and I think the manager and the coaching staff have to take credit for that and a lot of people don't see situations like that that happens. Yeah, because I think, see, when that happens, 
if it happens three times and you're structured in a way where you can pick up points and you could have picked up more points, that doesn't come by luck. Because somewhere along the line then somebody gets disjointed and someone makes a run they shouldn't or someone gets out of position. But you can see automatically, you know, they're always looking beside each other, always looking for that person to make sure there's no gaps. You know, worst case scenario, you force them down the outside and then you defend the cross coming into the box. So, I mean, it was a compliment that's what I was paying because it's something they've done time and time again and the players yeah. who come in know the structure, know the setup. So there's no panic when they went to 10. It wasn't a case of all looking to the bench and thinking, what do we do? Because they knew automatically just to fill into positions, be patient, see the game through and then when you get your chance, go and try and take it. We'll talk about uh, managers under pressure on the show. Obviously, we're into November. It, uh, it feels like, like it's approaching sacking season. Uh, I wonder who will be the first to go. We've got the likes of uh, Stuart Kettle. We've just been talking about him. He's under pressure, clearly. Uh, that result at the weekend didn't do Ross County any favours. They're on a downward slide, having got points on the board earlier on. We'll talk about uh, Brian Rice as well. His Hamilton team uh, play Aberdeen tomorrow night um, all sorts of talk about, about his job the safety or otherwise of it especially on the back of uh, losing eight goals at Ibrox recently Gary Holt was questioning himself at the weekend and of course Neil Lennon well the pressure never really goes away when you're a Celtic manager you're chasing 10 in a row and you're 11 points behind even with two games hand in the in hand in the in the title race the question is being asked at the moment here's what Sai and Barry had to say about it on the show last night Neil Lennon will be will be cracking up about it. he'll be frustrated at it if you're wanting to go and win league titles you need to do it for the start I see that reaction to Barry that would suggest to me that the players are playing for the manager otherwise they wouldn't have went and mm-hmm. tried to score two goals you know if you're not yep. playing for your manager and you're two down you're happy just to not walk about but accept defeat so that tells me that they are playing for Neil Lennon the reaction to going two down what they need to get better is to stop making individual errors is the confidence that's what's gone, do you think Sai? maybe it's the pressure of trying to win 10 mm-hmm. in a row Paul just now it looks like something's up yeah, something is up and, and Sai was obviously referring there to the fact that Celtic came back from two goals down at Easter Road at the weekend to at least get a point uh, out of that against Hibs but uh, all sorts of questions being asked people get really passionate about it whether it's uh, the Rangers manager under pressure that happens obviously from time to time it's Neil Lennon uh, whose name is in the frame at the moment everyone seems to have an opinion about it Crags, what do you think? Mm. Do you know what, it's a hard one because, you know, you look at Neil's overall record as Celtic manager over two spells, I think his win percentage is 72 or 73%, which is incredible. Second only in the all-time list after Martin O'Neill, albeit Jockstein, I think, managed a lot more games than Martin O'Neill and, and what Martin did. So whoever comes in after Neil Lennon, whether it's now or whether it's further in the line, they're going to have to have some CV and some record to come behind them, which is, which is a big ask. I was just worried about, you know, over the past five or six games of Neil's phrases or, or words that he's used in games after the likes of Rangers that talk about his players can't live in the past um, even against AC Milan you know ignore the hysteria after Sparta he spoke about the culture change at the weekend he spoke about softness and lazy you know that's that's not recurring those words shouldn't be recurring off a successful team striving for for better than where they are you know that's a damning verdict of your team after every game and I just think you can crack the whip and it works on an occasional basis, Rob. But I think if you're continually coming out with the same stuff over and over again, it deflates your players. It probably heightens the hysteria because the fans then look and think, well, the manager's frustrated. This is the stuff he's saying. The players aren't doing what they want. So it all just adds into the mix. And you then look across the city and Rangers are just winning game after game. They're not conceding goals. They're good to watch. They're exciting. Albeit they're 11 points behind with two games in hand. But when you look at the Celtic team and... Uh, 
and their consistency. Too many false dawns in the last kind of couple of months. You know, when they beat or so they drew with Lille, everybody thought they've turned a corner. They then beat yeah. Aberdeen in the cup semi final. Thought, well, that's it. They then lose four one against Sparta. They then reflect that and beat Motherwell four one. They're back again. Then the, the disappointment of Hibs. So the inconsistency isn't helping them. No doubt about it. Uh, his team selection has been quite similar. So there's not been a lot change in personnel. So whether it's just the players playing below themselves or the players losing heart or losing confidence, um, I still think Neil deserves to still be in charge. Only five points behind after the two games in hand. I think it's home to Aberdeen uh, and home to St Mariners are two games in hand. Again, they're not scheduled in, so we have no idea when they're going to be. But there's no doubt between now and the next Old Firm game is a huge period for Neil Lennon and for Celtic. If they're within touching distance, go to Airbrox and get a victory. Suddenly the momentum changes, the happiness changes, and then they're back on the front foot. But at the minute, they're, you know, they're on the ropes, they're having to punch back. Yeah. They're going to have to uh, accept what's coming their way because they haven't been good enough. But I have no doubt, certainly short term anyway, Neil Lennon has to be given the chance to turn this around. Uh, I agree with, with, with Stephen. I'll look at a positive side. And he was talking about the next period of games. You know, I, I had a look at it. I think the next 10 games, you know, six of them are at home. Um, you would expect them to go a run then. Um, you would look at then within the 10 games, they, they can win the treble. And beat, uh, if they beat Hearts um, so you know that, that could get a momentum as he said get into the game game at Ibrox um, and before you know it you could just be a couple of points well obviously with two games in hand if you're including them the six points you could, could be a couple of points behind Rangers and then with, with a treble behind you which again then gives momentum and gives confidence and belief back into the team It does make it slightly ridiculous doesn't it that all, the, all this pressure <laughs> mounting on Neil Lennon when, when you think that that match five, dis, five days before Christmas could mean a, a quadruple treble It does but if you're a manager of an old firm team and you've won two and eight I don't care whether you manage Rangers or Celtic or how, how high your stock is you're going to be on the back foot you're going to be under a little bit of pressure there's going to be scrutiny on you and your players two wins out of eight isn't anywhere near good enough for Celtic considering considering they've won what, 11 of the last 11 trophies. They could get the treble, as, uh, the, the treble from last season also. So I think it's just, see if it was any normal season where there wasn't the hype of 10 in a row, I think that heightens everybody's fear as a Celtic supporter and, and, and what's going on. I think they might lose 10. This might not. This is the you know the end for them. This is where they see this is the glory for them. They can see it on the horizon and they feel as if their team's coming up a little bit short at this moment in time. So I think that just adds to it. If this was title number three they were going for I think Neil would cut a little bit more slack there wouldn't be as much emotion involved in it all Rob but ultimately yes you know you have to win games if you're a Celtic player Chris will tell you you know playing in Glasgow second is last it doesn't yeah. count for anything and that has to go along with it there's been so much enjoyment I mean, I read a quote over the weekend somewhere that um, Rangers have been in the doldrums for eight years and had to suffer for eight years Celtic have suffered for eight weeks <laughs> and, it, and it's amazing how that suddenly can turn the tide can turn yeah. and how you know how that baton can be passed over so listen Celtic have got more than enough good players in their team what I would say is I think they lack a little bit of pace when you look throughout their team they lack that real dynam dynamic player who can really get at people and James Forrest yeah. used to bring them that so often El Yunusi wants to come and link up Scott Brown's 35 Callum McGregor is tidy in possession Rogic doesn't really run an awful lot Ayeti wants to come towards the ball so they don't have anyone really with that. Christie's energetic, but he's not lightning quick. Yeah, he's, and if, yeah. you know maybe that's just the little bit of a difference at this moment mm. in time as and, well. And, and, as you, and as you say, I mean Celtic, Celtic have suffered for eight weeks, but and even within that spell, it's been a roller coaster because there yeah. have been there have been positive moments in there as well. Those moments where you think Celtic are about to kick, kick start and go on the sort of run you're talking about, Chris. But I mean, as a firm, as a former Rangers player, I mean you know all about the Glasgow Goldfish Bowl. You know all about the the madness. 
that that uh, that comes through in the city when when one team is doing well and the other one's struggling. That's right. You know, second place is a failure. Um, I think one thing that the Celtic fans have been spoiled by success for so long, um, and then as I said, eight weeks of a little bit of um, you know I'm I'm underperforming and and losing points um, and dropping points. You know, they think that that's it over, but. It's not helped, obviously, with um, COVID and stuff like that, where you've, you're, you're missing two games and you have to catch up. And when you're going to catch up in them, and you're probably not going to catch up in them before you play Rangers again. Um, but you know that's what happens when you play for Celtic. You have to cope with that pressure. It's it's difficult, you know. And I think there's one thing you have to look at is everybody looks at now, you know, Celtic Rangers because the two of them are that strong at home. That whoever has their away match, they always think maybe that will they're the ones that will slip up. And I think that's shown. With Celtic, obviously drawn against us away, you know, drawn against Aberdeen, um, and then obviously drawn against Hibs, you know, they, their points dropped and they're all away from home. And of course, it is magnified by what's happening on the other side of the city. Rangers are off to their best start in the league for more than 50 years. He's Stephen Gerrard. Look, we've had a very positive, strong start. There's no getting away from it. We're keeping clean sheet. We're winning. We're on a good run and we're in a fantastic place. I can't deny that. But in terms of the stats and the numbers and where we are, uh, we take no notice of it. We just focus on the next game, keep moving along. The, the league's rested now for a couple of weeks because we've got Benfica and a cup game at the weekend. Yeah, we, we keep moving forward. It's 21 games um, unbeaten since the start of the season, Chris. Uh, 17 of those are, are clean sheets and it's just look at that goal difference in the in the league table plus thirty eight. It's incredible. As the, do you know what you know? Celtic fans are complaining, and but at the end of the day, you know what are they expecting if Rangers are playing like that and picking up so many points and and being really impressive. Like what did they expect to then be first? What do they need to happen? Obviously, to win every single match, to score goals, um, and to beat Rangers in the in in the game. Um, so. It's difficult, you know. They've been very impressive. I watched them against Aberdeen. They were excellent. I thought, you know, for the full ninety minutes, uh, they just dominated the play. And they just seem to have a little bit more, um, you know, ruggedness about them. That, that you know, they have more. Stephen Gerrard's built that over the course of two seasons. I think um, at the very beginning, maybe they would maybe leak in goals or or they would cope, couldn't cope with you know me being at one one in certain periods. But they just seem to be just digging in the one 0 wins like so. I could probably say against us at ho- uh, when we were at home, um, we had you know lots of possession in the second half, but they restricted us probably a lot more. Um, with chances and I think that's been more evident this season hence why the reason they've not conceded many goals They are relentless and, and they did show yeah. it again at the weekend I was actually at, at the match and, and saw them close up and, and I was mentioning last night that into stoppage time 4-0 up and James Tavernier was still charging down the right hand yeah. side get, trying to get balls into the box I mean they, they just don't stop I wouldn't look too much into that because naturally when you're winning 4-0 everybody still wants to go forward everybody still senses that chance it's more at 0-0 Rob I see them you know their interplay they're changing their movement everyone's still waiting for the slip everybody's still waiting to see when they have their little wobble what are they going to be like but with every passing week you know we keep talking about longevity and stem power every week that goes by they seem to be getting closer to where they want to get to you know, the relentless, you're right, the scoring goals, the interplay, the subs they have on the bench, the tempo of their game, the goal scorers. That was their big critic last year was they were so reliant on Jermaine Defoe and Alfredo Morelos. Joe Rebo's chipping in, Scott Arfield's chipping in, James Tavernier's got nine, he's the highest scorer in the league. You know, so suddenly goals are starting to flow. Ryan Kent's got himself five. That's the kind of numbers they know they have to get to if they want to 
uh, win a league title. But Steven Gerrard's assurance and just the way he even spoke there in, in the little clip, he's not taking anything for granted. He's dealing with every game that's coming. He's not looking ahead. He's not getting excited. He's not over-celebrating after games. I think he's learned that from last season, particularly yeah. at Celtic Park when they won. That was through back in his face time and time again. And how he's handled so many situations, even the Jordan Jones and the George Edmondson one. Last Friday when he was asked, do those players have a future at Rangers? If he'd have come out and said, well, I don't know, suddenly the headlines are, no future for these players. He went, of course they have, and I'll look after them, the club will look after them, put it to bed and move on. He doesn't want any distractions. And that's a sign of a manager who's going in the right direction, his team are winning games, but he's starting to mature and he's saying the right things. Rangers are flying. Do you want to talk about Stephen Jennard and his team, the Premiership pace setters? Do you want to talk about Neil Lennon and Celtic? Join the show. Get in touch with us. Get involved. 0808 17 17 700. And the former Celtic defender John Hughes is up next. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! And that's the number by which you can get in touch with us as well if you want to talk football. We are with you between now and 7 o'clock. It's Monday to Friday, 5 till 7 on the show. We just love talking football and we love having you part of it as well. We're heading towards a League Cup weekend on Saturday. Alawa Hearts are both Dunfermline, Hibs Dundee, Livingston Air United, Motherwell St Johnston. Again, for those two, St Mirren play Aberdeen. And on Sunday, Celtic at home to Ross County, Falkirk, play Rangers between now and then well there's those two uh, Europa League games on Thursday night Celtic in the Czech Republic to play Sparta Prague it's a 5-6 to six start for that one followed by Rangers against Benfica at Ibrox after that 3-all draw in Portugal a couple of weeks back tomorrow night Hamilton against Aberdeen a rearranged game in the Premiership and tonight it is Hibs against St Johnston at Easter Road and that is a 7 o'clock kick We'll have the team news for that one before too much longer. Let's talk uh, with Hibbs in our minds. Let's talk to a man who played for Falkirk and Celtic and Hibbs. He was manager at Falkirk and Hibbs, and he was, of course, a history maker with Inverness Cali Thistle. John Hughes joins us on the show. Hi, John. Uh, good evening, guys. How are you? I am doing well. Self self isolating, believe it or not, for the second time. Are you? Yeah, um, my daughter. Um, although she's out of the house um, away last week, uh, picked up the virus, so yeah, it's us in lockdown. It's been tough it's for so many people, but uh, thankfully a bit of light at the end of the tunnel now, John. Yeah, yeah, definitely, especially when we're talking about football, Rob. You know, we need the supporters back, and I've been lucky enough to do commentate on a few games and get out and about. Yeah, it's not the same without the supporters, that's for sure, and I think it's affected a lot of the teams. I think. Teams have took advantage of it, you know, with no pressure on them. But I think it's affected uh, some other teams that, you know, get the get that energy uh, and that the support behind them, and also the support. If I'm talking about Celtic, the intimidation they're going to park keep and things like that. Um, what, what the intimidation the supporters do to the away team. So. What you th- pluses and minuses. Yeah, what, what, what are you thinking about Neil Lennon and uh, all the talk about uh, his job at the moment? I think it's scandalous, honestly. Obviously, being in the manager's union, um, I think Neil conducts himself very well. But if I'm totally blunt and honest, I think that I've heard them speak a few times. Um, and I think, I'd like to see him being his own man. I think that he's, he's kept it in-house. Although he's had a blast at him now and then, but... If you're looking at Celtic and Rangers, for me, it's all started right for the start of the season. It's with, with the 
pandemic that we're in, um, it's who hit the ground running, uh, who can handle it the best, and it's been Rangers. You know, they've been consistent um, with their team selection, their performances have been very good, and for Celtic it's been stop-start right for the COVID, all in goalie. But for me, right for the very start, where they couldn't get uh, Foster back in goal. That was it, where it all started, you're saying to yourself, oh, oh. And if you're going for 10 in the league, then you just push the boat out, the boat out that little bit to go and make sure you get your recruitment. And I don't think Celtic recruitment alone not having a go at it, because if we take the two teams into uh, comparison, the Rangers boys are all settled. They've been there, they know what it's all about. They've been there, if you've seen them all. And the Celtic new boys signings are still trying to settle. And I think uh, um, that's been the difference. Obviously, inconsistency. Come with that, comes inconsistency and results. But I'm, I'm looking on a right away back uh, at the very start and no getting the goalkeeper who was outstanding for them last year. And that's nothing against the goalkeeper now, but um, he was one of the, the reasons why they won the league last year. Yogi, I was going to say that to you, that having looked at their four major signings this summer, Barkas, Duffy, Ayeti and Turnbull, they all signed after the season started. And you think of that month or six weeks before when Rangers were in training, Celtic were in training, Neil didn't have his team in, he didn't have his set-up right. Those players are coming in, one, not match fit, some of them not fit in general, trying to hit the ground running, trying to come up against the top-class Rangers side who have hit form. And I couldn't agree anymore that that, that would have played a huge part because even though they were winning games at the start of the season, they weren't doing it with style or finesse. They were grinding results out, and eventually, somewhere along the line, that catches up with you. One hundred percent. You've got, it. and you'll know yourself if you're winning games. Comes uh, uh, confidence, momentum, and that's everything in football. I read a quote the other day there that uh, was a uh, who was it? Was a striker? Was it yet to the striker? Yet to. Uh, yeah, he was. He, so he missed out on the international, so he can stay behind and get fit. I'm left scratching my head. So why do you have to stay to get fit? You should be fit. That's a professional job. You don't. You have to be look after yourself, and that's gone right back to Lee Griffiths and all this stuff yeah. and other wee things that you've seen. When did you ever see Scott Brown get substituted? I've never seen it last year when they were winning nine in a row. This year he seems to get substituted. So they're just wee bits and pieces. And then for me, I'm a big Nietzsche fan. I think he looks after the ball, he gets up and down. Um, but his confidence will be gone as well because he's not on the start on 11. There'll be less scratching his head. So Celtic's just been stop-start for me, um, you know, right for the start of the season through one reason or another. And Celtic's took advantage, uh, Rangers have took advantage of that. Yeah. And you, and you, Rangers, Rangers are consistent with their team selection. Yeah, and, and I mean... Really, really, Exactly. Steve, Stephen Gerrard's been building towards this for for two and a half years, hasn't he? And, he? and he's and he's put all those pieces in the in the jigsaw puzzle, and it's all come, coming together at the moment. But I mean, Craig's mentioned those four signings that were after the start of the season, all, all the other the bits and pieces, as you say, John, that are going on at the moment. I mean, Odson Edouard, having started the season with a hat trick, um, you know, hasn't been the same player at all for for Celtic. Um, even even though he went away to France with the under twenty ones and and broke the goal scoring record with them, the Lee Griffiths situation still has a lot of Celtic fans scratching their heads. Yeah, well, one hundred percent. But um, what Griffiths to do is get himself uh, fit. And if you get Griffiths, I've always said this: if you play Griffiths regular in the, in the starting lineup, he'll score you well into twenty goals. He's a natural goal scorer uh, in terms of Edward, but. 
just looking back and some of the stuff that you listen to Lenny talking about, you can see his frustrations at everything that we're talking about. You know, why are players no fit? Why are they no uh, 100% committed to the cause to go and get the 10 in a row? Why do they not see it that they're going to be going in the history, what it means to the Celtic supporters? I'm reading between the lines. But that's what, that's what I feel that Lenny's um, frustrations are coming out. Um, but saying that, if he gets them all back fit, um, Celtic are more than capable of going on a run uh, and it'll all come down to the, the remaining old firm games because I think I think Rangers have set the benchmark and Celtic are now playing catch-up. John, is that not his job? As the manager, you're talking about motivating the players, making sure they're fit, making sure they're at it. Surely that's the manager's, not just a Celtic manager's job, but every manager's job. 100% that's your job. But see, nowadays, Craigs, can you come out and say... That um, if you've spent money on big money on a player and he's not hit the ground running or he's, he's a wee bit behind in fitness, nowadays you have to watch what you say and do. You know you cannot you, you cannot come out and have a go at them, but it's it's everyone together and that's why that's why I say I'd like to see Neil being a wee bit sell. I think he's been a little bit subdued in terms of although he's had a go at them over the last couple of weeks. Almost, you know, but he'll be so frustrated that these guys are no. You know, they're not at it. For the minute they come in, they're not at it in terms of fitness levels. And that, maybe sleepy silk pyjamas, when I say that, you get your, your, your boxing champions, and they're all hungry as soon as you win the world title. You start sleeping in silk pyjamas and change your gym. Sometimes when you're champions, to go again, that's what I mean, to go again is the hardest thing, thing to do. And it's that desire. And it's that desire. But, you know, in terms of, I don't know if Neil would know he's starting 11. There's been that many, and you have to say this, I've no many excuses, they've been hammered with injuries as well, Celtic. Um, but if they're all fit, what would be the starting 11? What would be the best shape uh, to go and win that title? And there's still time yet, but as Neil's alluded to, they need to go and get it going. You know, the gloves are off, they need to go and start winning games and take care of business. John, Chris Bork here. How are you? You alright? Birthday, what about your miss hat on Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. You know what? Don't you tell me you meant that. You miss hat that. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I don't know if he's noticed, but John obviously helped me uh, pass my A license. So, um, or, or obviously. He did help you, yeah? He did yeah. help me in that sense. I think it was a attack and play helped me in that. Um, but no, you mentioned <laughs> at the very beginning that. Um, that fans um, not being there has been affected by different clubs in different ways. Do you think Celtic have probably maybe suffered more with not having fans in there than rather than Rangers? Yeah, I do, Murky, but I go back to uh, James Tavernier's comment in, a, in one of the programmes. He might have regretted it, saying that the boys are feeling the pressure. You only feel pressure when the supporters are there, when they're booing, and if you still, still got the ball, they take the ball and play it. Right at this moment, you know, Rangers are flying with new supporters. Going back on that, what I read, uh, I think Celtic have been affected, but I think Celtic, these supporters are the 12th man. Uh, and I think it's it's affected Celtic more. And all credit to Rangers, they've adapted better. And that probably that's again going back to Neil Lennon's frustrations. He would know that, and you see, we need to adapt right out of, tra- right out of traps, and they've not done it, Celtic. But seeing the flip side... They've lost at home to Rangers heavily, or you know, without a really, a, you know, without without a whimper. They lost at home to Milan. They've lost at home to Sparta Prague. 
So I, th- you know, I can only imagine they're maybe fortunate the fans weren't there those nights, John, because they would have really felt the wrath. Yeah, well, definitely, and that's where. But that's where you have to be a strong character. You have to yeah. stand up. And it's the same at Rangers. Yeah, it's the same at Rangers. But one thing we'll say is, it's great for Scottish football. There's a real, real challenge. You know, Rangers put a challenge in last year up until Christmas time, until after the turn of the year, and it all went pear shaped. That will not happen this year. We're talking about managers at your job to motivate them. That will not happen this year. I guarantee you, Rangers will be doing. They'll look at that. They'll do something different. And that's a challenge to Celtic. It's up to Celtic to say, come on then, let's go. But we're talking about recruitment in terms of Celtic recruitment. You know, when you're recruiting, you need to recruit. And the players that are coming in have to go and start writing. For me, have to go and start and you're starting a living. If you're paying out that kind of money, well, you said that's what makes the team better. And that's not been the case itself. That Niels went back to what he knows, uh, even right back to Roderick, who was on his way out the door. So you're looking between the lines and you're saying to yourself, what's your best start in the living? I think um, what you spoke about at the beginning there, you said there. You know the four players that they recruited, and you said it started with the goalkeeper, and you said I've had the intent to go out and getting Foster back, um, and then they spend five million on Barkas. But I think there's another goalie out there that they could have got on the free, and he's one of David Marshall. Um, yeah, they could have probably got him. Um, that well, would have and, been and, five million and, less. And, and, and Craig Gordon. Yeah, he, Craig, Gordon, Gordon, Craig Gordon was the one. Michelle. Craig Gordon was the one they already had yeah. as well. So, yeah. so th- there's there's two contenders that that would have cost them nothing in mm-hmm. terms of a of a transfer fee. And you know, all the time that big shadow of Fraser Foster is hanging over everything there because you know he won them so many games, he won them so many points in the course of last season. John, I wanted to ask you about Thursday night. I mean, Thursday night becomes a massive match. Neil Lennon, I remember after the the home game against Sparta Prague, he was almost writing off their their European chances. I I, th- I thought prematurely because I still th- thought there was a, there was a way back to to finishing second in the group. But but it, it's got much more global importance, hasn't it, for Celtic because they just need to kick start and and that means it's got to be a, a top performance on Thursday. Well, I, I think it will be, Rob. Honestly, I think it will be. I just think that um, you're hundred percent right. But Celtic have. In defeat, they bounce back and you say, right, that's Celtic back in their stride and they're off and running. And it's a lack of, in the next again week, something happens and it's a lack of uh, consistency. But it has to start somewhere and the best thing about football is your next game. If you can put performance in and take confidence from that, then you're off and running. One of, I'll say this, one thing about Celtic, Celtic have got the players to go and win the title. And that's, that's no question they can go and win the title. The thing about it is, so Rangers and Rangers are playing with everything that you're talking about. They're playing with consistency, momentum, confidence, and they're playing a great style of football. Yeah. I thought the performance against Aberdeen the other night there was fantastic. All credit to Steven Gerrard. It's a football I like to see. You know, the, the, the pass the ball, good ball retention, keep the ball, and the right teams. Um, good pace in the team, and good footballers that can look after the ball. Defensively, very, very solid. Yeah. So that's a challenge to Celtic, and it all starts as you say on Thursday night. Yep. You go and put a result in there; it will kickstart us and let's get us going. John, I want to ask you just before you go. Uh, we could speak all night, uh, as we generally can when we get together when we're talking football. But I, w- I want to ask you about your old buddy uh, Brian Rice. You were you were such a partnership together, you two. Um, he's running the show at Hamilton at the moment. Things are going badly. Um, he's he's got to be under a fair bit of pressure at the moment. Yeah, it will be, but Brian's a clever boy. 
I don't, I don't, uh, I'll leave him to it, Rob, in terms of he knows where I am if, if he needs a hand and on the phone. It's his show, it's his ship. Uh, I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, uh, but I really feel for him. I can see him hurting when he's doing his interviews. He's hurting yeah. Brian, he fears. Um, but one thing about Hamilton, you know, if they can get back to that, that doggy spirit that they've got and that ugly to play against kind of Hamilton, then they've always got a chance. You never, never write them off and, I can only wish Brian all the best. I really feel for him. I'm hurting for him. Yeah. I really am hurting for him. Um, and it's all, once again, it's all doing to recruitment. You know, Hamilton don't, they dare, if they brought the right players in and the right players tend to settle. And that's massive. I've seen many a player go into a club and they've not settled. If you look at Hibs, the boy for me this year is the boy you. And yet yeah. last year, you know, the fans weren't having them. This year, he's probably his most consistent player. I know. And that's just because it takes you time to settle into a football club and into the rhythm of the club. John, good to talk to you. All the best uh, in, your, in your isolation. Cheers, big man. Hopefully yeah, you thanks, get somebody so. to speak to soon. You've always got us to speak to. You can give us a call any old time. Keep right. in touch. Well, mine bucket L goes on the left foot and R goes on the right foot. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. He seemed, he seemed yeah. see you, John, all the best. He seemed to have that one sussed at the weekend as he put that shot in the top bin against Ross Kenty and that 3 1 three one win for Kilmarnock. Talking about uh, Brian Rice, of course, it's Hamilton against Aberdeen uh, tomorrow night. It's Hibbs, John Hughes' old team against St Johnston at Easter Road tonight. And we'll uh, bring you the team news uh, for that one on the way. We're talking football between now and seven. The Bull Radio Football Show. Thanks to Chris for the travel. It's Rob McLean here tonight on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Uh, Stephen Craig and, and Chris Burke are with me in the studio. Uh, we're going to be hearing from Stephen Presley uh, later on, about 20 minutes or so. Played, of course, for Rangers and Celtic and plenty of others in between. Uh, lots of managerial experience as well. And it's going to be interesting to hear what he has to say about the uh, current uh, controversy. All the chat about Neil Lennon and Celtic, 11 points behind Rangers. But with two games in hand. It was good to hear from uh, John Hughes there just before the break. Mr. Enthusiast when it comes to football. And it's a bit mystifying that he's uh, still out of work. I have to say it really is. You know, when you speak about someone who loves the football, passionate about the game, but also is a very good coach and has had success at smaller clubs, Rob, I'm, I'm, I'm really amazed that someone hasn't picked up the phone and offered Yogi a job. You know, if you're in trouble, your team needs, you know, and an injection of enthusiasm, a new direction to be taken, absolutely spot on. I, I, just after you read out his introduction, I'm, I'm amazed that no one has has employed John Hughes. Yeah, and, and obviously, you know, he's played a, a part in your career, mm-hmm. Chris, as well, in terms of, um, I guess he's got he's got ins- inspirational qualities, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. You know, he's just infectious. You just want to hear what he's got to say, um, his stories, you know, his information that he relays to to what he wants in the football pitch and what you should, you should do in certain... Areas of the pitch, you know, to help it helped me with my A license, and another one that helped my license is actually Brian Rice as well. So, you know, two very good coaches. Obviously, one's under extreme amount of pressure, as we've spoke about a little bit a minute there. Um, but you know, as as I would love to see John Hughes in in the coaching role or a, being a manager because he's definitely wasted just him there obviously after he self-isolates he can come back (laughs) yeah exactly yeah Um, Brian Rice a manager under pressure Neil Lennon certainly a manager under pressure at the moment let's talk to Mark and Newton Mearns who's a Celtic fan hi Mark hi how are you good thank you what are you you thinking at the moment about your team and and the manager Uh, 
Um, well, I think um, I'd always kind of thrown my hat in the ring, being a fan of Lennon and always always giving him the benefit of the doubt and hoping that he could turn that around. But I'm starting to think it's maybe the end of the road. Um, it just doesn't seem to be showing any signs of changing. Every time you have a first half like we did against Neil in the first half, and then the second half when we lose two goals happens, and that's kind of that's almost like what's happening with our season. Every time we we go to look good, we suddenly lose it a bit. And I'm just wondering what the guys think. Do they think it's the end of the road for Neil? And if so, who do you think would be a good candidate to replace him? Other than the obvious Yogi Hughes, <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is Neil O'Mar is Neil Lennon not entitled to have the Celtic fans show a bit more faith in him because of his history, what he's done as player and manager with the club? Does does that not buy him a little bit more time when you think that there are still twenty five league games to go? Well, the the, the problem is you need to look at it and ask the question. Do you think he's doing? Do you think it looks as if it might turn around? So I know I know what you're saying. That yeah. He's maybe bought himself time by his achievements, but the, the 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 ultimate question is: Do you do you think he can turn that around? And I'm not sure there's any signs that are showing that he can. That that's the kind of that's where I'm sticking with it a bit. Mark, to see if it wasn't going for ten in a row, would it be slightly different? Yeah. Do you think? Absolutely. Just because that's the you know that's the holy grail for Celtic fans, isn't it? And I just wondered, you know, do it's people? Season. Yeah, if it's you know if that's going for title number three, I think Neil Lennon isn't getting questioned as much. Correct. No, you're absolutely right. But um, we're never in our lifetime we're never going to have the opportunity again mm. to create history, and we need to decide is it going to work or not. And the, the thing, well, I was going to ask you guys, well, obviously, what do you think? Do you think that, I take it you're coming from the point of view he, he should be given more time? Yeah, just because they have the two games in hand and ultimately that chops it down to five points. Of, of yeah. course, you know, those two games aren't going to be rescheduled until the new year. So anything that gets dropped between now and the old firm game at the turn of the year, of course, then Celtic have the Scottish Cup final against Hearts, which gives Rangers another chance to rack up another win. But, you know, Rangers are unbeaten in the league, you know, is it unthinkable or is it even thinkable that Rangers could go through the season unbeaten? Now I know that's that's I'm just putting it out there, I don't know. Mm. But when Brendan Rogers well, came in like, you know, when Brendan Rogers came in, people thought there's no chance, no chance. And suddenly the momentum built, the players believed, they trusted themselves, and out of you know, they really kicked on. Do you have a fear that Rangers could do that? Um I don't think they will, but I I, I, I think I think they could. I, even though I, I don't think they will, mm. but I think they could because they're playing they're playing I mean, they played well, obviously, against a depleted Aberdeen team, but prior to that, they hadn't actually been playing that well in the last few games, but they'd been winning games and they'd been keeping clean sheets. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, when they're not playing well and they're still getting the results, yeah. if they do actually have a run of form where they are playing well, then there's nothing to say they can't. I mean, we, we didn't show enough in that first old fun game of the season. Or oh, sorry, Glasgow Derby, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, so anyway, but, but you know, I, I just I just think, Potentially they could, and, and the question would be: Is Neil Lennon the guy that can get the Celtic players back on board? And I mean, you, you always hear about this phrase: um, the dressing room has been lost. And obviously, with you guys being uh, sorry, Chris, current player, and Stevie, ex-player, you you'll be able to tell me. I mean, what, what have you experienced? Have you ever experienced a dressing room being lost? Listen, so to speak, there, there is times, obviously, when when the manager. 
you know you can get that sense where he thinks his time is up and you 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 lose a lot of matches and you know you're just not getting the results um, on the training field as well. You know the, the standard drops, but I don't know if that's happening at Celtic. If you look at they go two 0 down and then they draw two each. You know if the game goes any longer, they win that game. You know who knows um, the game against Aberdeen that they, they lost the last seconds when they came back again against a tough Aberdeen side. You know to me that doesn't look as if there's a, a lost dressing room in there. It just looks to me as if, as Neil Lennon said, they're just are underperforming as a group and he's just trying to find that balance. And, you know, the main thing is Celtic are leaking goals, uh, as you said. You know, they're leaking goals. You know, Neil Lennon, I think, said they're a, they're a little bit of a soft touch. You stop that, then you can start winning games, you know, 1 now, you know, you know, 2 now. You know, it, it, it slowly changes. Um, I think it's just picking up a consistency and that's what Celtic maybe are lacking at this moment in time. But you said that, you know, Neil Lennon's time for you is up. But like, who would you replace by him and have they got the, re, the, the resources and the finances to, to, to come in for someone and who are you looking for? And if then they do replace him, are they, are they going to then win the title? Exactly, exactly. So there isn't a guarantee, isn't there? I mean, you could, you, could, you, could, you could get rid of Lennon and bring in uh, Klopp uh, or Guardiola and they might not win the title, mm. you know, it's... There's, there's absolutely no guarantees whatsoever, but yeah, I mean, you, you, you feel you feel you feel Mark that, that it's a gamble to to stick with Neil Lennon in the hope that that he's going to turn things around. But the other side of that coin, of course, is it's also a gamble to bring somebody in as a as a new manager who may or may well may may or may not know the players, know Scottish football, and be able to hit the ground running with no experience. You know, what manager are you going to get that has experience, as you said, in that league? Uh, knowing the players, knowing the, the other teams you're playing against. Um, then it takes some time to get their philosophy across, their culture. Um, so then you're, you're um, giving up a season. So for me, I, I honestly think you should stick with Neil Lennon. I think, again, Celtic have been spoiled by success. And, you know, what is it, 13 games they've played? How many times, how many games has Neil Lennon managed? Um, and you're only giving him to 13 games before he's making your mind up of, you know, wanting him out. Yeah, and Craig's was throwing in that mm. percentage earlier on. I mean, his winning percentage is about 72%. Yeah. You know, he's second only to Martin O'Neill as a Celtic manager. So, so the the stats certainly back him up. And when you look at when you look at Saturday, Mark as well. I mean, the players responded. The players came back to get a point, and obviously a point wasn't enough for you because you wanted you wanted all three. But when you look at the goals conceded, I mean, that that's that was basic. Yeah. It was basic yeah. mistakes. Where, uh, and, and uh, Neil Lennon can't do an awful lot about that from the technical area, can he? Well, I've got, I've got, I've got something for you. You know, they lost to individual areas, errors. Sorry, you know, they had three shots in target hibs. You know, one of these shots was a penalty. Um, Celtic had ten shots on target against. Is it? Is it Marciano? Marciano, um, yeah. yeah, Marciano. And you know, Edward scored, so his form might have been picking up now. Having scored two goals against France, so that's a positive light. Um, after coming back from two 0 down from a difficult place like Hibs. Um, so again, you know, we we'll say they're leaking goals, but you know they've restricted them to having shots on target as individual areas. There's, there's no excusing, and I, excuse me for being maybe you know I'm a, I'm still a player, but if somebody takes a penalty, you must follow it in. You know that that's not that's not worked on you know coaching or tactics. That's just you know there's one thing I'll say is in both boxes and especially in your own box, you don't fall asleep. 
and that's exactly what happened there. They fell asleep and it cost them. So by that token, Mark, you, you know, you, you know, maybe you should be slating the players rather than slating the manager. Oh, well, I totally know where you're coming from, especially, especially. I mean, I, I think I think to see the following in of the penalty. I think the concession of the penalty was about ten times worse than the following in. Yeah. The, the concession of the penalty was an absolute joke from a guy that's our who's been phenomenal for us over the years. But how he how he thinks in his mind he wants to make that challenge there is just totally beyond me. The, no- the noises we're getting today, um, Mark, is of support for Neil Lennon, isn't it? The, the, it appears from nobody's actually come out and said anything, but the, the message we seem to be getting is that, that Dermot Desmond and co are, are happy with Neil Lennon to continue. Is that the feeling you get as well at the moment, despite what you're looking to happen? Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, you know, how many times have we seen managers been given the... the um, yeah, the well, the vote of confidence, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't read much into that because he could lose to Sparta and then lose at the weekend and be gone by this time next week. But um, I, I, I have to say that I would, there's nothing I would love more than him to turn it all around and win as the league. But I just, I just don't feel it and I don't see it. That's 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 the problem. Good to have you on the show. All the best, Mark. We'll hear from you again sometime Thanks. soon. Yeah. The Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited and the news at six is on the way. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. The Bull Radio Football Show. And that's what Mark did just before the six o'clock news. A worried Celtic fan from uh, Newton Mearns. And he wants to see the back of Neil Lennon. He wants change at Celtic uh, with his team trailing by 11 points in the Premiership and the title race. But of course, two games in hand. I think we might have brought him around, Rob. I could sense he <laughs> yeah. was starting to change. Really? He was starting to see our point as we went. He's probably slammed his phone down and said, I'm never phoning him back in there. Please, Mark, we accept your call. I thought it was a great call, but I think we might have just started to bring him around. It was a great call. I think it's we're from the same area, so oh yeah, we brought around a little bit. You could just go around and uh, give them your opinion face to face or socially distance, obviously. Uh, lots of football coming up this week, starting uh, tonight, but obviously on Thursday night, it's Celtic in the Czech Republic to play Sparta Prague. Will that signal a return to form, a return to results? Maybe Celtic about to launch themselves on a run. Rangers play Benfica. They're already on a run. They're 21 unbeaten this season, 17 of those clean sheets, and they play Benfica at Ibrox at 8 o'clock on Thursday. Tomorrow night, Brian Rice, a manager under pressure as Hamilton face Aberdeen. And uh, tonight it is Hibs against St Johnston at Easter Road. Hibs can go third with a draw or a win tonight. This is their starting 11. Marciano in goals, Paul McGinn, Hanlon and Porteous, Mackie, Gogic, Boyle, 
Malin, Newell, Murphy and Nisbet Doidge back in the squad. He's on the bench. That's the way Hibs will start tonight against St Johnston. We'll bring you the Perth team as well shortly, but uh, wouldn't imagine that's going to uh, vary too much from the one which drew with Motherwell at the weekend. Uh, and that made it eight games unbeaten for Callum Davidson. They really have turned things around the Perth team and uh, looking to pick up more points tonight at Easter Road. Let's talk to the former Rangers and Celtic and Dundee United and Hearts player. He managed at Falkirk and Coventry and Fleetwood and Carlisle. And he's with us right now, Stephen Presley. How are you? I'm okay. You missed out Paphos there. I know. Cause I d- <laughs> just because I didn't know where it was, that was all. <laughs> oh, you did. Well, it's certainly sunny there, that's what I will say. Yeah. Do you, are you wishing you were back there at the moment? I certainly do, yeah. Yeah. Ten months of sunshine it was. Really. How are you viewing the madness in Glasgow from afar? Well, I think, you know, it's come to be expected, to be honest with you. But I think that you've always got to dig a little deeper. And, and I think one of the biggest problems that Neil's facing just now, it's not just, you know, in terms of the performances of Celtic, it's been the improvements in Rangers. Because once you start looking at the statistics over the last two or three years, you'll see that in 2018-19, you know, Celtic averaged 2.28 points when they won the, the Premier League. They're actually averaging just now 2.3. But the, the difficulty is that Rangers are up at 2.73 which is nearly the same amount of points per game tally as Brendan Rodgers' Invincibles. So You've been that, bashing that calculator big time. I've been bashing it. I've been bashing it because I'm quite interested in that. And that is the biggest problem that Neil's facing. Yes, I think performances as well haven't been as strong. I think that people need to understand also that Celtic playing at home in front of uh, a home support is a big, big miss for them because uh, I, I feel that that, in terms of the psychological aspects, the effect it has on the opposition is huge. So they are. There's a, there's a number of factors here, but one of the biggest factors is that Rangers have been so strong. And I think as well, what it proves is that um, stability of a club in general will provide you success. If you look at Steven Gerrard, the last two years... Uh, they failed to win a trophy. And I don't think any other manager apart from Stephen would have survived that. But the reality is there's continuous improvement in his team. And because they've given him that stability, you've seen the the real rewards of that. So there's a number of things. But is that that not, Stephen, is that not always the way it is, though, that for Celtic and Rangers fans, they're they're looking across the city and they're comparing? Of course. Of course, but, but just now they're comparing against a really strong Rangers team. Side. That's yeah. what I'm saying to you, Rob. That this side points per game is nearly is nearly reflecting that of the Invincibles of Brendan Rodgers. And to be honest with you, during the Brendan Rodgers Invincible period, the league was nowhere near, in my opinion, as strong as it is now. So I think that the big problem for the Celtic fans is accepting what Rangers are doing now, and that's been two or three years in the making. You know, I spoke. Again, on this show before, I, I, I mentioned the importance of recruitment over the summer months. I think that that was going to have a, yeah. a real pivotal uh, role in where the title will go. And I think that there's no doubt that, that Rangers have, have recruited better. I also 
look at the, um, you know, in terms of the, the squads, the Celtic squad is enormous and, in my opinion, not particularly well balanced. But Rangers squad is stronger this year than ever before, but it's actually smaller than the previous few years. So they've streamlined it, but they've strengthened it. And I think that these are important aspects because I think the Rangers squad looks much leaner together and uh, and more manageable. So that's another aspect. Stephen, just on the point you're making um, about the Celtic players and, and, and the strength and depth, when you look really, a lot of these Celtic players haven't been under this much pressure as Celtic players. They've only known success since they came to the club. You think of Edward and Beaton, uh, Ryan Christie, Callum McGregor, Olivier Encham. They've only known really about winning trophies and being successful. This is the biggest question mark they've had against them in a title race. They've never been this amount of points behind at this stage in the season. So it's going to be about how mentally they can cope with this and how their character shines through. Would you agree? I would agree, yeah. That this is the biggest challenge that they have. And like I said, it's been two or three years in the making. You know, the, the likes of Browns and these types of players have been through this. But I would say that the ones that have come in in the last couple of years have never been under this pressure. And they added pressure of the 10 in a row, of course. And I think that even for the new, the, the new players coming in, Celtic is different to any other club in general. Apart from when you're playing at the very elite clubs in your country, you know, where you are expected to win every week. A lot of these players are coming from clubs that they accept one win in three, one win in four. That's kind of acceptance. But at Celtic, drawing a game is a problem. And I think it's been a shock to the likes of Shane Duffy coming in, that type of player, you know, the the, the, the players like Ajete, um, Elanusi, just the pressures on these players to win and win every game. You cannot perform one and two, one and three. It has to be week in, week out. And I think they are finding adapting to that difficult. Is Neil, Le- is, that, is, is Neil Lennon the man, is, is Stephen, is Neil Lennon the man yeah. to turn to turn things around for them? Because obviously, you, you know this well, that a lot of Celtic fans, we'd won on the phone just about 10 minutes ago, Celtic fans are panicking at the moment because it's 11 points and yes, there are two games in hand. Celtic have got the cup final coming up so there's there's the prospect at that point for possibly Rangers to, to go even further ahead. The Celtic fans are, are, are really concerned about this and, and, and they want a decision to be to be made. Is the decision to, to stick with Neil Lennon? Well, I can't answer that. You know, that can only be answered within the club. You know, when you're on the outside looking in, you do not know what's going on behind the scenes. You do not know the spirit within the group, the feeling within the group. All of these things we can only speculate about. He's only lost one league game this year. That's what I will say. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot said about, you know, the tactical difference between the two sides and watching the games at this moment in time, there certainly is that. You know, Rangers have a real, real clear structure, real principles of play. And this has been worked on the last two and three years and they're very much recruited for that. That's where I, I, I'm a little bit confused about Celtic. You know, not a lot's been said about Nick Hammond, the head of football operations, Gary Penrose, head of recruitment. You know, these these guys are also responsible because I think it's very much been a scattergun approach at Celtic. I do. I think that when I'm looking at the recruitment process over the period, I don't think there's been a lot of consistency and structure to it. And these things concern me about Celtic. And I think 
that they've got themselves in a position where, yes, it's on the outside looking in and the, the murmurs are, there's, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, ill feeling within the group at this moment in time. But that's because I actually think they've got too many players. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean they're carrying too many players. Yeah, I mean, Chris Burke. I mean, th- that the recruitment is massive, isn't it? And and Stevens used that phrase outside looking in. We all are in terms of what what's happening uh, at Celtic. But you, you do wonder um, at clubs, at big clubs, uh, sometimes how much say the manager has in the players coming in. Sometimes that happens. You know, with the recruitment department, does Neil Lennon is he happy with everybody who's being signed? Is he having a big say in everybody who who's being signed? We just don't know. Yeah, well, there's one thing: <clears throat> is he going to is he a manager or is he the head coach? That's the, that's the question. You know, is is has he got a much say on who he's bringing in? Um, obviously, Stephen says the, the squad um, maybe is not as strong as, as Rangers, even though it's got more players in it. The thing is, for me, I just think Celtic, two months ago, I think they had a really unlucky month. You know, that Edward was positive. Um, a lot of the players went away in international duty the first time we came back. You know, they missed key players, and that's not really happened to Rangers yet. Um, or if it's going to happen, you know, they were just a little bit unfortunate. And then when you get the key players that are out, as um, Stephen said, you know who you're replacing them with. Um, are the players then going to get you the three points? You know they've they've missed the likes of Edward, you know Christie, you know and Forrest, who's who's been a massive part of Celtic's success over the course of the years. The amount of assists and goals that he creates for the team, you know that's a large aspect out of the team there, and a huge amount of points. Um, away from, from the team as well so it's, it's the ones that obviously it's a squad game and it just seems to me that at Rangers um, you say that the squad is a little bit you know less but it just seems to me that one comes in and one just does the job the other one just steps in and it's just the same the same player you know they have the same structure about them the same style of play um, so you know, have they got that at Celtic as, as Stephen said Stephen just on that point yeah. when you're talking about recruitment now yes. you've, you've worked with Ross Wilson before do you think yes. that's pivotal now when you see the structure going in place compared to what Celtic had? Do you think that's a huge plus for Rangers? I think it's an enormous plus. Mm. I really do, Stephen. I think that, um, as I said to you before, uh, they've actually streamlined the group. They've reduced the numbers of the group. And what they've done is strengthened, um, you know, although the, the numbers are less, I think the squad is better. So, so it's quantity much, rather than it's, it's quality it's rather than quantity. Much, yes, very much so. And and because of that, you've then got a core of players that all feel part of it and are all fighting hard to get into that team. And it becomes a manageable group. And that's what I think with Rangers at this moment. Stephen has got a very manageable group, and he's creating a real, you know, strong mentality within that group. And it's taken them. Remember, it's taken them several years to do so. And there's been a number of windows to do so. But I think since Ross has come mm. in, he has supported them greatly in this area. And, and and now the jigsaw is beginning to come together. And I don't see that at Celtic at this moment in time. I really don't. I said that earlier. I see a real scattergun approach, not a, a real approach where they're putting the pieces of the jigsaw together at this moment yeah. in time. Quite, quite a lot that of... worries me. Yeah, quite, Another quite... thing is just, just on, on, yeah. on the recruitment aspect. I would expect, and I don't know how the process goes at, at, at Celtic, but in most big clubs, the manager only has the final say on a few players in the respect that the, the, the process is all, 
you know, filter down. Neil will have the style of player that he wants. They'll go away and find them. They'll find them several options. It'll be filtered down. And then Neil will, I believe, get the, the, the final say on one or two players. That's generally how it works. Because a manager doesn't have the time anymore to be able to go and watch these players, filter these players. He only is in the final part of the process. But my worry is that I'm not seeing a great quality of player at Celtic in recent windows. Yeah, and and it was funny because because when when Chris mentioned that Odson Edouard having self isolated at one stage and, and that obviously yeah. caused a lot of disruption, uh, th- th- what you very quickly forget about Celtic as well is that they lost games early on in the season as well because of the bully ball and goalie situation. That that was disruption for them as well. That was that was games that the, the they're having to to catch up on, and you, you can build quite a lot of factors in. Um, if you, if when you're trying to explain why Celtic are where they are at the moment. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think Chris made a, a terrific point there because, you know, when a manager comes under pressure, nobody looks at what's gone before that. You know, and, and Celtic have had to deal with a lot more than Rangers in that respect this season. You know, and I also made the, the point, no supporters. I think that that's an enormous factor this season as well for Celtic. You know, I, I do. I think that, that, that uh, you know, they have pro- proven um, this group of players season after season that they can handle, in general, the ones that have been through the pressures of playing in front of support. That is still to be seen for the, the, the current Rangers group, but Celtic have proved that. So I think that that's a big factor for Celtic. But I do think that you have to look deeper. And as Chris said, they've missed key players at key times. And it has affected results. They haven't had a lot of stability as well about the team selection and the back four, which I think is another major talking point. There's also been, as well, much speculated about Neil not, you know, coaching on the, the training field. But that, that, for me, you know, in terms of him as the manager, isn't crucial as long as he delegates that aspect to his to his coaches, but I don't know if that is happening. But if, I've come across many managers that don't do the actual tactical work, but they always delegate. And so I don't know where that is within Celtic at this moment in time and how much of that's been done. But see, on the flip side to that, when you're talking about you know uh, investment and recruitment again, Rangers yeah. had a big outlay in the summer. And you've got to say Rangers yeah. gambled in the summer whether it's yeah. for their own success, but probably as well to stop Celtic winning 10 in a row. When you look at uh, Kimar Roof and Iten uh, and Zungu and Haji, a big outlay when they knew their income was going to be reduced through the fans, through the yeah. gate. So as much as you you know talk about Celtic, you've got to compliment Rangers, Stephen, because it was a risk and at this moment in time it is paying off. Uh, very much so. You know, and I think that, you know, let, let's not be kidded here, you know, that, the tactical aspects of Rangers' performance this season have been terrific. They are. You watch them, they are a well, well-oiled team. You know, they've got a clear structure, a clear idea of how they play. But on top of that, they've recruited really well and made good investment in the club at a time, as you, you rightly say, Stephen, where the money is drying up for many clubs. So it's, it, it's clear that this season was always going to be a huge season for both clubs. And at this moment in time, it's looking like, you know, Rangers are more prepared for it. 
And, and while and, and while Celtic Celtic chop and change mm. personnel, yes. chop and change formations, the formation with Rangers always is the same. And right now, Stephen Gerrard uh, has got pretty much two top players for every position in that team. Yeah, and and it's interesting looking at them. You know, they've again it, it, he initially came in and he played the four three three, but within that four three three, he's made slight adjustments during the period in slight ways that, that they play. You know, they were very much 4-3-3 high-pressure football when he came in. And although they pressurise the game on loss of ball, when they they can't get the pressure to the ball, they come back into more of a mid-type press, which has changed from previous seasons. And it's allowed them to tweak the front three as well. They play them tighter, allowing the midfielders to spread a bit more and keeping their back four more solid and together than ever before. So they've made minor tactical adjustments to the way they've played. The system of 4-3-3 hasn't changed, but within that, from the moment Stephen came in to now, they've made adjustments that has improved the team Mm -hmm. year on year. And I was talking there about statistics, you know, on points. This first season, 2.05, they accumulated average points. Last year, 2.31. 2.31. This season, 2.73. So you can see the progress in the team, the stability and the tweaks that he's making to the team tactically that seem to be working. And also, the most important thing is the recruitment. The players coming in to do the jobs that he's identified they need to do. I think they've, they've done that very well. Stephen, can you do my stats for me on a full-time basis? <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel I need your sort of quality backup. Rob, I'm looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, I, I, unfortunately, unfortunately, I know your financial demands, so it might be, it might not be happening. But they're coming down by the day. I can imagine. Yeah, well, we might maybe a deal on that basis. I, I will. I'll get my people to speak to your people. Um, good to have you. Good to have you on the show. Uh, always good to hear from them. Uh, Stephen Presley on the Go Radio Football Show. The Go Radio Football Show. The football chat tonight with Rob McLean and Chris Burke and Stephen Cragen in the studio with John Hughes on the blower and uh, Stephen Presley was just with us. Some interesting thoughts and some interesting stats as well. Still time uh, to join us on the show. 0808 17 17 700. It's go and your message on the texts to 874 74 and on the socials at Go Football Show. And if you've uh, just tuned in and you're liking the sound of it and you want to hear a little bit more. The podcast is available very quickly after the show for your delectation and delight and the downloads are approaching quarter of a million. So uh, very much on the up and up and it's good to have you with us. All sorts of uh, good football coming away this week. Big matches, Sparta Prague and Celtic Rangers v Benfica on Thursday. Hamilton at home to Aberdeen uh, tomorrow night in the Premiership and Hibs against St Johnston at Easter Road is not much more than half an hour away. Give you the uh, Hibs uh, starting lineup earlier. Uh, St Johnston, I, I thought they might go pretty much similar to the weekend. <laughs> Callum Davidson's made a few changes. He feels confident enough to do so at the moment on the back of a, an eight-game unbeaten run. Uh, not information, but it's Clark, McNamara, Gordon McCart, Tanzer, Craig, McCann, 
It's just made his uh, full Northern Ireland debut, of course, in the last couple of weeks. So Halloran, May, who's got nine goals now for the season. Melamed comes into the team and Rooney as well. So you've heard the two teams and it's a big match for both tonight, Crags, because uh, Hibs can go third, of course, above Aberdeen for 24 hours at least. But St Johnston uh, will be looking to keep that good run going. Yeah, I think it's St Johnston when Chris said it. I think they go into the top six yeah. with a win. But for Hibs, they want to back up uh, Saturday's performance there'll be a sense of frustration because they let it slip so late so as is always the case when you play against the old firm and you play well every, all, all, I think it's all eyes are on your next game to see how you can perform can you replicate that performance can you go and get another three points you know Hibs are chasing Aberdeen naturally I think that's a, a battle that will go right down to the wire and Aberdeen are probably slightly ahead of them with regards they've been together longer you know, Derek McInnes has been there, he knows the players, he's brought them in, Derek's been building along. Jack Ross is probably a little bit behind with, you know, where his team are at. But, you know, they're putting up a good fight. Hibs should be minimum, you know, fighting for European places. I think there's going to be five in Europe next year, two yeah. conference, one Europa League, two Champions League. So you would think Europe will be a guarantee for them, but they would like to finish in third place, get to the Europa League as opposed to the Conference League uh, and push it on from there. So they're in a good place but they will look at tonight's game and think this is one of those games where you look back at the end of the season and think that was a big three points for us that got us back above Aberdeen kept us in the race whereas St Johnson will go quietly about their business be well uh, well organised well structured hard to play against Callum's got his feet under the table now after filling the big shoes of Tommy Wright Yeah, you know always very difficult had a slow start but his team look as if they're in the mood so it's a really tough one to call but you would have to think Hibbs being the home side should edge it Let's yeah. talk to William from Cote Bridge who's a Celtic fan Hi William Hi guys, how are you doing? Good, how are you? What sort of uh, fettle are you in? Good, good. I was coming out to try and sound clever, but Big Elvis has just done me there. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll just go with the flow instead. Yeah, if you've got any better stats than him, I'd be I'd be surprised. <laughs> no, no. So it's basically just obviously the main topic, Neil Lennon at Celtic right mm. now. Um, my personal opinion is, if you change a manager just now, he's got to come in, square one, need to start again, learn all the players, who plays where, who plays well, Everything like that is it's it's going back to basics again. So it's a natural reaction. As soon as Celtic could beat everyone once Lennon out, myself as well at the weekend, I was sitting thinking, right, that's that time over now. But once you sit down and actually look at it, it it would be worse to get rid of him in, in my opinion anyway. Um along with that, when you look at the, the performances from Rangers just now, it's like a reverse from when Celtic went invincible. So teams go to Ibrox and sit back. They don't want to attack Rangers, Rangers break them down pick them apart and score they're doing the same as Celtic with the Rangers three years ago they're coming attacking Celtic knowing that they can score goals and Celtic aren't sure what to do when that happens so obviously we need to sort it that way but in terms of Lennon's job I think he's got to stay It's it's easy Chris Bark isn't it to, to press the panic button uh, for supporters at this stage but, but William's just saying that you know his instant reaction was Lennon must go because uh, this is getting to a really dangerous stage 11 points behind then he sits down has a think about it and, and actually the alternative to, to Neil Lennon is a big gamble yeah but you know it's nice to see if Celtic fan have some reflection um, and to, to look at it in that sense you know what what do you do you know they're saying people are saying they want him out but another manager comes in what what happens then is he wanting that on his CV that if he don't win the title is that going to happen? Does, do, they, do they want that on them? Whoever it is that comes in, if there's one man that I think they can they can turn it over is, is Neil Lennon. He's the one that um, has 
who's seen it all, done it all. You know, he knows the league, he knows the players. He's been there as a player. You know, now he's a manager twice. Um, so. I don't think the panic button should be pressed. I think you should give them time, especially as I said before on the show. You know, the next ten games are very crucial. Plus, you can you can win a, another comp another cup, um, beating Hearts. So and, and win the treble. Uh, I, I think the way William's saying it, I think it's it's looking bright. I think in reflection, he's he's right in everything that he says. Here's a man that that knows Neil Lennon very well because he was part of a Celtic squad that had Neil Lennon very much as part of it. Cy Ferry on the show last night with this impassioned plea on Lennon's behalf. Other than Tommy Burns, Neil Lennon's the one guy at Celtic who made me know what it meant to play for Celtic. We did an under-21 game away at Sunderland and he kept us in the dressing room for 90 minutes after the game and, and sat and explained to us what it meant to play for Celtic and what it takes to play for the club. People didn't see that. Celtic's his life. He's been through a lot while he's been at Celtic, both player and manager. And see these guys you're shouting for. You're looking for a guy that's won leagues that love Celtic. You've got, them, you've got him there. There's no other manager out there that wants to win 10 in a row more than Neil Lennon. Do you go with that, William? Do you agree with what Sai said? No, absolutely. I think Sai's spot on. I think there's Neil Lennon will be hurting as much as Celtic fans just now, as much as we hate to admit it, it's hard. Um, what we are going through just now is nothing compared to what Rangers fans have went through previously, but we are not used to that. So myself, I'm just used to Celtic dominating football. All we're used to is winning. When it goes off the rails a bit, everyone panics. Um, but realistically, looking at it, two games in hand. If we win them, it's five points. We'll start to play Rangers three times. Rangers still go to Petodre again, Easter Road again. There's, there's difficult games coming up. Rangers aren't going to go this great form all the way through the season. In my opinion, I think they will get beat at one point. Um, hopefully more, obviously, for Celtic's perspective. But there's definitely a long way to go and there's going to be twists and turns along the way. Celtic will get beat again, Rangers will get beat. It's just Neil Lennon needs to sit down and really look at the squad he's got. If there's players who don't want to be there, they wanted to leave in summer, leave them out. We've got players that are there who want to be there and they'll take the opportunity. I think it's more about trying to get the best of the players that want to be there. Edward's obviously unbelievable. If he's not happy, leave him out, don't play him, and give someone else that chance. Craig, Craig, we've been making that point in the, right through the show. This is uncharted territory mm. for Celtic. You know, they're, 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 they're used to uh, setting, the, setting the pace and winning things. Yeah, a lot of those players are used to being in front. They're used to winning trophies and, and maybe not playing well and still winning feeling good about themselves. This is the first time a lot of them have really been challenged in the league. OK, Rangers beat them at the turn of the year last year, but you know after that, then Celtic winning the great run. But this is the first time at this stage of the season they found themselves 11 points behind. Some of those Celtic players will have never been 11 points behind anybody. At other clubs, yes, but certainly not at Celtic. So this is where the Celtic supporters, I imagine, want to see a little bit of character. You know, they don't want to see shoulders shrugged. They don't want to see disappointment. They don't want to see players not tracking runs or not going to head the ball. They want to see what they're made of. Because people who have played for Rangers and Celtic and been successful during those periods will tell you it's easy to play on a good Rangers side and it's easy to play on a good Celtic side. But it's not as easy to play on a Rangers side or a Celtic side who are struggling and you're trying to fight back and you're playing against a team who are outperforming you. That's when you learn about a proper Celtic player. And Neil Lennon as a player has been through both and as a manager has been through both. So he knows what it's like. The difference is, how do you get that message across to some players of what it means to Celtic? Some of these players come and use Celtic as a stepping stone to go somewhere else. Use Rangers as a stepping stone to go somewhere else. It's happened. It's part of football. But the ones who know the club and knows what it means, it's different. Is there enough of them in the club? That's the big question for me. Is there enough who really want to go out and put their body in the line and want to push themselves every single game? 
because the words that Neil Lennon's been using, what I said, softness and lazy and appetite, that's the words, Neil Lennon's words, not mine. That's what he's been using over the past seven or eight weeks. And that tells me he's looking through and thinking things aren't where they should be. And that's his frustration coming. He's trying to be polite to them, but he's having to dig them out now and again to try and get a response. And some of the games, they haven't had a response and it's frustrating them even more. But just because you're a Celtic supporter and you're playing for Celtic and, you, and you've managed Celtic, it doesn't qualify you to be a Celtic manager. You know, Neil has done the hard yards. He's not just doing it out of good faith because, uh, you know, he was a Celtic supporter. He's doing it because he's done the hard yards. He's had to work. He's had to suffer the turmoil. He's had to suffer the disappointment. And he's had the success. And if I was a Celtic supporter, I'd think, that's the kind of guy I want in charge of my football club. Plus, he took over <laughs> a very, very hard task on what Brendan Rodgers did. Yeah. Um, I didn't see anybody else. Obviously, there would have been a few people in for it, but he took that. It must have been very, very daunting, intimidating times and maybe he had self-doubt. I saying, well, how can I make this team better? Um, he's had to deal with stuff like that. So, And he's dealt with it well. You know, he, he won trophies after that and he was successful. So that's why, again, as Stephen said, he's a, he's a man for the job. You know, he is a great motivator and... As he's there as a player, the, the, he's been there as a manager twice, so he knows what it's like to win trophies. And he'll see in the dressing room the ones that he can trust um, and try and get everyone on board and make them work and, and go in the same direction. So I would just like to ask William, what, what, if there was one thing you could change about the Celtic squad now, what is it you see you would like to see um, maybe change? I just, right now with the team, it's they've got the ability the, the team's there it's the exact same team from last season the game the team that started on Saturday there's only two players different that wasn't there last season um, so there's nothing to do with the players aren't used to playing with each other it's just their, their mindset I don't know if they're maybe going into the games and there's, there's no confidence I think that's exactly what needs a bit of confidence I think a few good results and we would go on a run again um, people are forgetting as well in March when the league gets stopped Rangers fans were saying Gerrard's not the man for the job he's threw away the league because Rangers came back from Dubai and obviously went off form and Celtic fans were the same they were saying Lennon's going to get his 10 in a row it was amazing we beat Glatzo in Rome he was the best manager in the world at that point so amazing how quickly things can change isn't it they need to remember obviously again people are over Twitter saying if he was a Celtic man he'd walk away when Brendan Rodgers walked away it was mm. how can a Celtic man walk away from mm-hmm. managing Celtic so yeah. People have got short memories and what they want, what they don't want. Um, and William, think, William, when you see Celtic players with their hands on their hips on Saturday, not reacting to a penalty save or not tracking runs, you know the basics of, of football. Yeah. Uh, what, what, how do you explain that? Is that is that pressure? Is that the pressure telling on the Celtic players that some of them can't handle it? To be honest, I think. That that stands your hands your hips at the edge of the box when someone's just took a penalty it's just pure laziness you, you don't see that at schoolboy level the first thing you're told to do when someone's hit a penalty and you're a goalkeeper you're on your toes ready to go and get the, the ball when it comes back out um, you obviously see Nair's reaction to, he was the closest to it but it's just the, that, that attitude of some players is just it's as if they've, they've gave up already but that's where Scott Brown needs to step forward and, and start let's see also you see the pictures at training and the they're laughing and joking and they're doing the Christmas adverts things like that maybe that needs to stop maybe they're just it needs to go back to football and if you're not winning games you're in training until you do start winning games and take everything else away from it um, obviously the, the players are out there working they are having a laugh and a joke but at the end of the day to Celtic fans football's everything and Celtic's everything so I think also if there's one man that's going to change that mentality it's going to be Neil Lynn like Chris said 
There's no one going to come in and take that job. And Sai said as well, Tory Burns and Neil Lennon, the two people that's Celtic-minded, it's, the answer's there. Neil Lennon's got to change it. And he's, he's not going to walk away. There's no way he's going to walk away for the Celtic job with the potential to win with 10 in a row. That's when Neil Lennon will go. I think, personally, whether we win 10 in a row or we don't, Neil will go at the end of the season, whether that's the board's choice. Um, but right now, I think th- it would be silly to change it. And your anger would be directed at the players at the moment rather than the manager? So I think the manager can only pick what he thinks is the best team. So at the end of the day, he's putting the players out there. The first half on Saturday, I was happy with it. We totally dominated the game. Second half, silly penalty giveaway. The penalty's a, a tough one. He shouldn't be running in behind Boyle like that. At the same time, if he lets Boyle turn, Boyle puts the ball into the box and the score, they're asking why is he not closing them down. So, again, it, it's difficult. Brown's obviously in what he thought was the best thing to do is it's send off a penalty in the score. But the players have got to take responsibility for the performance they've put in. Lennon can't go into the park and make them do better. He can only give the advice and direction that he thinks is going to work. Um, but again, he's got to he's got to look at it himself and change if it's not working. Then give other people an opportunity. Griffiths came on and him and Edward started linking up great. So it's I don't know if it's the formation it's got to change or the players, but I think it's all to do with the confidence and the attitude just now in the, the full team. And obviously, you look at Neil sometimes when he's sitting in the touchline, his hands in his head, or he's talking to Gavin Stratton or John Kennedy. It's, the, the attitude comes from the, the full team. It's not just the players, it's not just the manager, it's got to be everyone. But he's changed the formation. He's changed the formation, he's changed the personnel. Ultimately, Selick are conceding far too many goals. 17 goals in the last no, eight absolutely. 17 goals in the last eight games. I mean, Celtic conceded, listen, I know that's Europa League as well. Celtic conceded 19 goals in the league last season, I think it was, in 30 mm-hmm. games. They've conceded 17 goals in eight games. That tells you where their issue lies. And Shane Duffy was the problem. So Neil's taken Shane Duffy out of the firing line. And they've conceded five goals, and sorry, they've conceded three goals in two games. Yeah. So it's clearly not Shane Duffy's fault. You know, whether no. Neil was that trying to make a point. But they need some sort of consistency. And and, and the second goal epitomised it for me on, on, on Saturday. Frimpong's not an aggressive centre-half where he wants to go and head the ball. So Jimmy Murphy wins the first header. Beaton's not a centre-half because he's a centre-midfield player. So his instinct is to drop off the play as opposed to go tight with someone. So when you get a non-aggressive right-back and a, a covering centre-half, there's going to be gaps to play in. And, and, and Hibbs exploited it. That, that's what it boils down to. And Rob, we spoke before... Christopher Julian is the biggest miss Celtic have because yeah. he's got pace he's good in the air he, he, he's decent in possession and he's good in 1v1 Celtic don't have that at the minute at the back William what are you thinking about Thursday in the in the Czech Republic it becomes a, a massive match not so much in terms of European ambitions but just yeah. in terms of getting back on track so Thursday is obviously a, a must win in terms of again confidence getting the players a win and also trying to move on from there if you go over to Prague and you get beat again it's just going to have an knock effect and the players are going to be down again with another defeat. Um, so that would be like two wins in nine games, which is unthinkable. So I don't think I've ever seen that, being a Celtic fan myself. Yeah. Um, but again, it's they have one mind on the weekend. I know it's a cup game, but would you rather win the domestic cups than a group stage that you're already out of? Um, but I think it is just trying to get a... Going on a around. Again. Yeah, yeah. kick-starting yeah, kick the, kick the season. Yeah, we, we need... We haven't had a set of them to begin the season. Neil's changed things and it's not worked. He's changed it again. It's not worked again. Like you say, the formation's been changed. Who knows how to fix it except from Neil Lennon. Um, we can all have our opinions and 
sit in the house and say he should be sacked and yeah. this player should be playing, that player should be playing, but that's the reason why we're sitting in the house and no wins. <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. it's interesting. Uh, you say you wonder who you think can change it. Well, if you check social media, everybody thinks they yeah, can change it and everybody exactly. thinks yeah. they'll do something different, don't <laughs> so, you, William? Listen, I'm sure yeah. you've been there yourself. There's no doubt about it. Suddenly, everybody, no, everybody's a football expert. William, good of you to call. Good to hear from you. And uh, Thanks, you'll be hoping things yeah. uh, turn around starting on Thanks, Thursday. And the number to get in touch with the show is 0808 17 17 700. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Thanks to Chris with the travel. It's Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Stephen Cragen and Chris Burke are with me in the studio. It's been really interesting tonight taking the temperature uh, among Celtic supporters. And uh, in one case, I think we even managed to turn his views around in the course of the, the phone call as well. But I think what we get on this show is is considered conversation. Mm. It's been quite constructive, which is what we want, Craggs, because just pulling people to pieces doesn't really achieve anything. I think it's been great. And the fact that was it William came on and said he's he's uh, on reflection, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, in the cold light of day, yeah. sat down, had a little think about it, which is what you want. You know, It's, it's not going to catch on, is it? No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, there has to be a rationale behind your thinking. And, and you know, and, and as humans, when we suffer disappointment, a setback, the thing is, we want to blame something else. We want change. That's the modern day. Everything changes. You know, I, I speak about it all the time. We we change our phones. We change our cars. We everything just changes all the time. Mm. Where sometimes in football management it hasn't been like that in Scotland. There needs to be a considered approach, an understanding of where they are, a belief of of the direction they're going in. Of course, there's going to be disappointments. There's going to be setbacks. There's going to be times when teams aren't playing well. But I think to come on with a rationale and, and give your point and understand our point and, and have a balanced view, I think it's absolutely terrific. Yeah, William was a great advert for a Celtic fan, I think. Um, he was excellent. You know, a lot, as you said, a lot of people in life now have most, so much anxiety where they want change so quick. Yeah. They just want the next thing. And you just give up then in the first thing that you were had your main objective of. So, you know, William was excellent. He said, as he said, he said reflection and he's thought about it and he thinks that Neil Lennon can still... You know, chase Rangers and, and compete to, to, to win the title. But ultimately, in three weeks' time, if Celtic are still in the same position, yeah. you're not winning games. That could all change. William will be back on <laughs> and saying, Listen, I've had more reflection, I want him out. He'll, call, he'll, he'll call himself Willie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm no relation to that William from Coatbridge, <laughs> and I've got a totally opposite view. Of course, Celtic uh, are in the Czech Republic on Thursday. It's a 5 to 6 kickoff against Sparta Prague, having lost heavily uh, to them at uh, Celtic Park a couple of weeks back. Rangers at home to Benfica after that incredible 3 all draw in Lisbon uh, last time out. That's an 8 o'clock kickoff. Hamilton against Aberdeen tomorrow night. That's in the Premiership rearranged game, as is Hibs against St Johnston. Uh, tonight Hibs of course who were two up and drew with Celtic at Easter Road at the weekend Kevin Nisbet got his goals total into double figures here's the gaffer talking about him excellent and delighted for him because um, he's had a a tough time personally as we know and to continue to to play has been good and he had a little bit of dip in form I think the last couple of games he's looked back to his best again and and his goal today is outstanding it was a terrific finish and the goal scoring return already is very very good yeah, he's had personal uh, turmoil recently. I think we all send our sympathies out to him, but he's bounced back um, and his goal-scoring record, incredible. We're mid-November, well, towards the end of November, I suppose. He's into double figures. Um, if he steers clear of injury, Craggs, he looks a 20-goals-a-season man. He does. It's interesting. I heard someone asking Jack at the weekend, would he be or should he be aiming for getting into the Scotland squad for the Euros? And Jack said the only way he can do that is, is by replicating his performance on Saturday and continue to score goals because there's no doubt that the, Scot- the Scotland national team need 
a goal scorer. You know, Lyndon Dykes works hard, he gets his goals, Lee Griffiths, you know, whether he's fit or whether he's not. Olimi Burney hasn't really, you know, hit the hit the heights of of um with Scotland, sorry. So if he can suddenly get himself 15, yeah. 16, 17 goals, and because Steve Clark has been including Lauren Shankland, who I think has got two. Mm. So suddenly he must look and think, well, if he's scoring the Premiership, you know, March could be a potential for him to bring him into the squad, let him have a little look uh, with regards to the World Cup qualifiers. That's when they start. So without heaping too much pressure on him, mm. but if you're going to continue to score goals, you're going to catch the imagination off the national manager. So listen, he's been excellent. I think eight goals in his 12 league games so far. Uh, he's got a couple in the Betfred Cup as well. So he looks a real prospect. Listen, I've, I've said before, I remember seeing him as a 17-year-old at Partick Thistle when he played against the under-20s when I was in charge at Motherwell. And he was the one player at that age group I thought, wow, you're different than everyone else. He knew how to use his body with regards to his hold-up play, his movement, playing in the last line of defenders. He was good in the air. He was quick. Left and right foot, he scored goals. And I thought to myself, I'm going to keep an eye on your career to see where you go. And I remember speaking to Alan Archibald, uh, Alan Archibald about him and I couldn't work out why he wasn't in their first team. He, and, and, and Archie was honest enough to say, we brought him in and he hasn't replicated his performances. He's come in and out and in and out. He then had to drop down to League One to Wraith Rovers, got himself a whack of goals, 30-odd goals, went to Inferno in the Championship, he was in good form, got more goals, and that's just continued on. So it just shows you sometimes you need to take a step down to make that pathway back up, to earn the right to get back into the Premiership, and I think he's appreciating it at the minute. And that's the sign of a good player, you know, yeah. consistency, um, scoring goals no matter what league he plays in. Um, but also changing, yeah. recognising it's not working for me up yeah. there. I'm going to have to change something. People spoke about his diet and his fitness and how he got, how he got better. So and it, it, looks as if, it looks as if he is a lot leaner yeah, as well absolutely. when he's came to the Premier League and that's credit to Hibs obviously recognising that and try to get maximum out of him um, so yeah I, I was impressed by him him and Doidge at play obviously the two together normally they, they work really well together he scored a penalty against you guys didn't he? he did yeah, yeah. I didn't really want to mention that but he, did. Throw that in. Yeah, he scored this time yeah um, but uh, no he's been, he, has, he has been impressive to me and plus I think Steve Clark will definitely be recognising that having known yeah. him um, and it'll be it'll equally important that he's scoring against the likes of Celtic and Rangers yep. um, and Aberdeen because obviously they're the bigger the so-called bigger games against the teams that are close to you and can you do it in the, in the, the old, against the old firm and he'll be taking that into consideration Yeah and Craig's mentioned Chris um, London Dykes and, and there are comparisons there aren't there obviously because he's come from a lower league uh, into the Premiership and and managed to adapt with ease and and also I think there's maybe something about his personality as well I think he's a pretty po- a really positive guy uh, believes in himself and, and certainly that's something you would say of London Dykes Yeah well London Dykes I think has been a revelation to, to, to Scotland and he's been terrific a lot of critics I think when he first get called up um, saying can he really be the number nine for Scotland playing up there and I think he's proved a lot of people wrong um, he seems as if he's a great character um, he works really hard for the team and any time when he played for Livingston the Kilmarnock players and the defenders always said I don't really like playing against him he is very good um, he can hold the ball up he can link the play he's actually as much as he's good in the air he's very good with the ball to his feet um, he makes intelligent runs and he can score all types of goals as well so um, not just in goals he creates assists as we've seen with Scotland so he's been terrific and I think I hate to say it for QPR but I don't really see him being there that long 
No, I can definitely go higher. We've spent a, a lot of time tonight talking about Celtic. Your calls have driven us in, in that direction. Uh, we have heard, though, from Stephen Gerrard earlier in the show. A little bit more to come from him uh, right now before we go because uh, Rangers are flying at the moment. 11 points ahead, 21 games unbeaten, 17 clean sheets, plus 38 of goal difference in the Premiership. And it's all about keeping focus. I think to remain humble, realise where you are, what stage of the season you're at. You know, it's still November. Um, I never done it as a player, unfortunately. But look, it means nothing at the moment. We've had a fantastic start. Of course, we're pleased to be where we are, so we need to enjoy that. But we know there's a lot of hard work to do and a lot of big tests and challenges that are just uh, on the horizon. So we certainly won't be getting carried away. That's been a recurring theme, Chris, hasn't it, from uh, from Steven Gerrard all season long. I think he was burned probably by his reaction uh, to that old firm win midway through through last season, uh, the way he celebrated and maybe Rangers got themselves carried away. It all went horrible wrong after the winter break in Dubai and there's going to be no winter break this time around but you get the feeling uh, they're a different squad now Yeah I think it's well I've actually if anybody listens to the high performance podcast and I've listened to his interview and it was excellent it talks about him still learning as a manager um, delegating to his, his coaching staff which I think they must take credit for the, how the, how they've done and went about their business over the last two seasons I think like the likes of McAllister and then and Bill have done tremendous work behind the scenes as well as much as I'm sure he would say the same so I think yeah definitely Gerard's been been excellent he's been excellent for Scottish football and he's definitely turning um, turning the tide for Rangers and and maybe winning the, the, the title and what they're, th- what they're thinking and saying indoors might be something completely different from what we're Correct. hearing outdoors. I was just writing down, I think the players have bought into it as well. I said earlier about Stephen Gerrard being more calculated in his comments after games, not showing as much emotion publicly, certainly privately he'll be doing it. And the players are in the exact same. There's no silly headlines, there's no, this is our turn, we're the team, we're going to win the title. That's been all kept in-house. And I think once you get everybody aligned in the same direction, with the same dynamic, the same narrative, Rob, there's no doubt there will be success at the end of it. And that's the direction Stephen Gerrard was going. There's no guarantee they'll win the league, but they're certainly put themselves in a really good position. I'm going to be honest and put it out there. I think it's Rangers to lose even this early in the season. 48 hours away from a massive European match for Rangers. It's Rangers against Benfica on Wednesday night at Ibrox. And that follows Celtic's visit to the Czech Republic to play... Sparta Prague Premiership football are just about to get started uh, tonight at Easter Road Hibs and St Johnston are playing in the Premiership and it is Hamilton against Aberdeen tomorrow night and another couple of hours of football chat coming your way on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited uh, join us tomorrow evening at 5 The Go Radio Football Show Let's go Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk.